To all of our guests, we are thrilled that you are here. All of you that are viewing online, we're thankful that you're there. If you can be here, we love that. There's nothing better than being in the house of the Lord. We appreciate everyone that's here today. Don't forget all of the announcements. If you don't remember all of them, that doesn't surprise me. They are available to you in the bulletin. We ask that you get a bulletin and keep up with everything that's going on if you can and be a part of everything that you can at First Church. It's a great church. It's a great church because of you and your involvement. Verse 39 of John chapter 4 is where we will begin reading. It is a delight to have Kim and Phil Darnell with us today. He did an excellent job in Bible class. We love our friends and are thankful that they are with us this morning, this Sunday at First Church. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him. Then it tells us why. For the saying of the woman which testified. He told me all things ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And this is what they said to the woman. Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know. We know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So I'm going to preach to you for just a little while today from this thought. Try it and you'll buy it. Try it and you'll buy it. If you'll try it. If you'll taste and see that the Lord, you're going to want to have what we have. There ain't nothing better than the one that we worship. There's nobody higher. There's nobody greater. There's nobody stronger. There ain't no God like Jehovah. If you believe that, I want you to go ahead and put your Bible down and your hands together. And I want you to lift up some praise with your voice and with your hands as you give the one that's worthy all of the praise and glory. Somebody help me shout with the voice of victory. Somebody help me worship the one that's worthy. Come on, somebody give God some praise right now. Somebody that's thankful that he picked you up, turned you around, set your feet on solid ground, and made it all right. Give him praise. Praise God. You can be seated if you so desire. I remember times when my mom or dad would say, Hey, Donnie, we're going shopping. You want to go with us? I would think about it for a second, and then I would say, where are you going? That was important to me, because not everywhere they were going to go shop did I want to go. But if they were ever to say, I'm going to Sam's, you know what I would say? I want to go with you. You want to know why I wanted to go to Sam's? Not because I thought they'd have falling prices. Not because I thought I might find me a good deal. Because back in the day, when you went to Sam's, there were little carts set up. And when you would walk in, you could smell something cooking. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I know how courageous I have to be right before noon to start talking to you about food, but I'm going to go ahead and risk it because I remember 
I wanted to go to Sam's and I wanted to go to Sam's for the samples. Can I get a witness? Man, I, it didn't matter to me what they were having. It didn't matter what they were cooking. It didn't matter if it was small. If it was, I was going to take. They said, do you want to try it? Of course I want to try it. That's why I'm here, because I want to try it. I want to go, and I want to get this sample, and then I want to try to sneak back with a hat on and try another one like I'd never had it. Y'all act like you ain't never done anything like that before. Go with the disguise so you could get the second sample. I mean, I would try this sample, and then I'd go to the next place, and I'd try that sample. And do you know, my mission, my purpose, was to go try all of the samples that they were giving out. And do you know what would happen just every once in a while? It would happen what they wanted to happen. I, after sampling it once or twice or three times, I would go up to my mom or my dad and say, Hey, can we buy this? You know what their plan was? Their plan was for me to take a taste and then talk my parents into purchasing the product. And there were times that it Worked. Do you know what we do every Sunday and every Wednesday at First Church? I'm just going to get right out there and be totally transparent and honest. We try to get you to try it, to taste it, because we know if you can just get a sample of what's happening in this sanctuary, if you can just feel a little bit of what's happening in this house, that there's something on the inside of you that it's going to start craving it. And you're going to say, when I wake up in the middle of the night, I need to feel what I'm feeling on Sunday. And when I, when I start my day, I need to feel what I feel on Wednesday. i got to get to the house of God. And I've got to buy. I've got to buy in to what the Spirit is saying and what the Spirit is doing. Oh, I want to get what God has. Try it. Try it, and you'll buy it. That was their mindset. If we can just get them to try it, if we can just get them to try it, they'll buy it. You see, the book of John, I don't know that there is a portion of the word that I love more than the book of John. I don't know if you know this, but John was Jesus' best friend. How many of you have a best friend? Anybody have a best friend? Man. Anybody know that that best friend knows some things about you that not everybody knows about you? Anybody glad? Anybody glad that your best friend doesn't tell everything that they know about you. I was someplace, I'm not going to tell you where, and I said something, I'm not going to tell you what. And my best friend came up to me, and he said, this is what you said, but this is what you were thinking. Has anybody ever said something, but you were thinking something else?
Has anybody ever said, thank you, dear? He said, I know what you said, but I know what you were thinking. Why is that? That's because we have a close connection. We have a friendship. We talk a lot. We communicate. We are best friends. So best friends know things about best friends that others don't know. That's why I think it's pretty cool to read John. Because he tells some things about Jesus that other people don't tell. You look at the book of John. And you start reading the book of John and you find out that he says in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life and the life was a light unto men. And then he says... And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He gives us a glimpse of what He saw in His best friend and our Savior, that in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and that He was full of grace. Woo! Anybody thankful for grace? Saved by grace. And truth. What a powerful one too. Grace and truth. He goes on and writes some more. And then he, second chapter. You know, I don't find this anywhere. You, you get your Bible out and study it. I don't find it anywhere else where anybody writes about the fact that Jesus and his disciples were invited to a wedding. And the mother of Jesus was there. And they ran out of wine. Brother Donnie think you're going to have to worry about that. At least I hope you don't have to worry about that. They ran out of wine. And the mother of Jesus says to the disciples and those servants that were there, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Jesus says, woman, what have I to do with him? My hour's not yet come. Nobody else is brave enough except John to write that Jesus said to his mama, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. But his best friend knew that Jesus looked at his mom and said, well, It's not time for me to do this yet, mom. How many of you know what the first miracle of Jesus is? How many of you know? I don't find anybody else writing about it except John. His best friend says, You want to know what his first miracle was? He turned water to wine. That's his first miracle. Water to wine at a wedding. Wow. Not going to be my first miracle if I'm God. I'm going to go ahead and just walk in and say, Hey, Lazarus, come on back from the dead. I'm going to show you how awesome I am. Come forth. No. He turns water to wine at a wedding to show that the things are important to the people that love him are important to him. That's better than three all rights. I want to tell you right now, you need to understand. That the things that are important to you are important to him. And he cares about the small stuff. You want to know how good God is? You get these kids out and ask them for prayer requests. Anybody ever prayed for a dog that's already dead? 
They believe. They know you buried Sammy out in the backyard, but they believe that this Jesus they heard can raise him up. You know what I love? I love the faith of little kids that says, I want you to pray and believe for the thing. You know what? I wish we'd all become like kids and understand God cares about what you care about and He wants to do for you what you need Him to, no matter what that is. So, that's in there. and I don't find anywhere else where anybody talks about His first miracle, but His first miracle was turning water to wine. And then, I don't know that I find any place else where they talk about Nicodemus coming to Jesus. He came by night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles thou doest except God be with him. Had a limited understanding of who the Savior was. You know what I love about Jesus? He doesn't condemn people that have a limited understanding of who he is. I don't think there ought to be anybody here that thinks you're better than Jesus. So we better not, we best not condemn people that don't know everything that we know because we still don't know it all. But we know the one that does know it all, who is all, and we need to behold His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, every Sunday at First Church, and let it be full of grace and truth. Don't condemn people that don't know everything about Jesus. Show him, show him a little more about him through you. How can a man be born again when he is old? Now, hear this. He says this. Listen to this, ladies. He says, can he enter again into his mother's womb and be born? You hear what I said, Sister Stark? Can you believe? Can he go back into his mama's womb and be born again? Of course this guy doesn't have it all figured out. He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Now here's the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goes. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. He starts speaking revelation. He said, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Except you be born of water and spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He speaks revelation. That's what the Savior does to people that don't have a full understanding. He speaks revelation. And there's something about revelation. It is when you get it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've, I've told you over and over about the time that I bought door knobs to replace at the house. And it says in big bold letters, easy to install. You know what I was screaming? Liar! Who wrote that? an hour of trying to figure out how does this y'all have never been there I know God loved you what it should have said was call Clyde that's what it should have said but then that moment Peyton when it just clicks I'm like oh this is easy bam bam boom boom get them all I love Rodney Lawless God loved Rodney but when I call Rodney and he says, well, have you tried just doing that? Have you tried? I'm like, no, Rodney, that's why I'm calling you. If I knew how to fix the air conditioning, I wouldn't be calling you. He wants to tell me how to do it. I don't want you to tell me how to do it. I want you to come do it. Revelation is so powerful. 
Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Where something just clicks. The light bulb comes on. It's like, whoa, I get it now. It's awesome. I love, I love Revelation. That's not how it always starts. A lot of times, it comes through understanding. Where somebody tells you how to do it. Somebody shows you how to do it. Somebody explains how to do it. You know, I've been fishing with people. Fishing in the same stream. And every time they cast out, they get hung up. I got to go over there, cut their line, retie. When you feel it hit the bottom, bump it up a little bit so that it doesn't get hooked in the rock. I mean, how many times do I have to tie this thing? It's just like over and over. And they're like, how, how do you know? How can you tell the difference between a bite and it getting hung up? You, you know how you try? You know how you do? You just keep trying, and then you start feeling that bite. There it is. And instead of, oh, yeah, there's, oh, it's in the rock. See, you got to figure it out. You got to keep trying until you figure it out. And so I, I, I started realizing that I can't just hand somebody a rod and reel and say, good luck, go after it. I got to explain to them when you feel that little bit, just pop it up a little bit and then it comes up off the bottom. But if you feel tap, 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 that means the fish is trying to get it and set the hook real hard. And so after you do that, and then they, I love to see the look on their face when instead of going, oh, it's, oh, it's hung up, I love to see. Set the hook and the line starts. That, that smile that comes on their face, like it's happening for me. This is great. You see, revelation is powerful, but sometimes it takes explanation before you can get revelation. That's why we go to church. Not everybody, not everybody that walks in the door has a full understanding of the entire Word of God. As a matter of fact, no one does. It's a lie. Something you all the time. That's the word of God. So here's what I'm telling you today, that there is something about it. That's why I love John talking about Jesus. He said he didn't beat up Nicodemus. He shared with him continual teaching and explanation, and then he got a revelation. And then we go into chapter 4, and I preached a, a month ago. I just checked a month ago on the 13th of February about leaving your past in his presence. And I talked to you about that woman that was at the well and Jesus was talking to her and nobody else wouldn't. She she got it, Brother Marty. She didn't understand it first. And then he started explaining. And then he said, I that speak unto thee am he. And boom, the light went off and she got this revelation. She understood. Come see a man which told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? What she's saying is I know who Jesus is. I know who this is. I have a personal experience with him. And there's something about a personal testimony. I want to tell every one of you, you don't need to have preacher religion. You need to get a personal experience of Jesus Christ. And when you have a personal experience of Jesus Christ, you don't need the preacher to preach. You don't have to have the pastor to preach. You can testify. I want to testify. I can testify that God did it for me. She had a personal experience. That became a personal testimony. (laughs) It's so powerful. There's nothing, hear me. There's nothing more powerful for a witness than a personal testimony. Now picture this, if you will. Picture me at Sam's with ten little tiny Dixie cups. Coffee brewing. Do the does the Valor Project really have to drink coffee? I came in this morning. I'm like, oh, 
imagine. You got to imagine me with 10 Dixie cups holding my nose as I pour Folgers into 10 Dixie cups. Waiting for someone to walk in Sam's and say, have I got something for you to try today? Can you imagine me trying to sell coffee? <coughs> Here, try this. <laughs> Think about it, friend. Think about who you are with that personal experience with Jesus Christ. Think about the testimony that you have. And think about that when somebody sees you. Think about that when you are talking to someone. When you tell them. We heard a personal testimony today that was powerful from Pastor Phil. And he talked about the fact that Jesus said, I've always had room for you. And that you are welcomed and one. I want everybody to know that when you have a personal experience and you have a personal testimony, can't nobody deny what God did for you because you don't, you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. But let me tell you, I want to take a moment and share with you what God he picked me up. He turned me around. He set my feet on solid ground and made it all right. What's God done for you? Don't sit silent in a sanctuary on Sunday, but everywhere you go, everyone you see, tell them about what Jesus did for you. This woman left her water pot and she went to the city and told Everybody. Come see a man which told me all things ever I did is not this to come. Anybody ever try to sell you something and they were almost apologetic about having to do it? You knew the boss was making them do it. If I ever go and order something at a restaurant and the waitress goes, oh. I'm like, what does... Well, that's not our best dish. I'm like, well, let me try something else. Because if the person selling it ain't selling it, I don't want it. Not my buddy. I won't tell you which one. But we went, and he had his mind set on what he wanted. And he said, I want that. And she said, oh. And I said, what's that? And she said, it's, it's not good here. He said, I want it. He got what he deserved. It was terrible. And he was talking about how terrible. She told you how bad it was. You know what? When people walk in here, I don't want anybody ever to say, oh, you don't want, it's, you don't want what we, no, I want everybody when they walk in and they watch me, I want them to see that's somebody that believes what they're preaching. That's somebody that believes what they're singing. That's somebody that believes what's going on here. I want every person, you don't have to stand and run the aisle, but you can do something to let the Savior know that you're so glad that He did for you what He did. He saved you. He saved you. You're saved by grace. You got something to shout about. You got something to clap about. You got something to worship for. He has has done. He's done so much for me. I can't tell it all, but I'm going to try. And wow, what a convincing man. Maybe we ought to schedule her sometime soon. This woman, 
you, you, you hear what I said? We got to schedule her sometime soon. This woman that had been married five times was living with somebody that was not her husband but then has an experience with Christ. Becomes the most effective witness in that entire region. I'm going to tell you something. If I don't preach good on Sunday, it ain't because I ain't trying hard. I can tell you that. Because every time I come, I try hard, Brother Clyde. I mean, I give it everything I got. I preach with as much passion as I possibly can. When I go home, I'm sweating. I don't go home, so I'm sweating right now. I'm just like, my wife's coming saying, my God, it's 38 degrees in here. I'm freezing it up. And I'm thinking, man, I'm burning up. And by the end of the day, I'm going to sweat through this shirt. You know why? Because I'm extremely passionate about the power of God and what God did for me. And I want the same thing to happen to you. Because I know if something can happen to you like it happened to me. You won't be here because I'm here preaching. You'll be here because he did for you what he did for me. Is there anybody here that he did for you the miracle? He gave you salvation. He washed your sin When you were baptized, he washed your sins away. And then he gave you the Holy Ghost. You got it speaking with you. That experience is something that I got to test. Not only in church, but everywhere I go. When you get on an elevator, you ought to make people uncomfortable. You ever got on an elevator and talked to people? They're like, my God, what are you doing? We don't talk to people. There's something about you. There's something about you. I've heard it so many times. There's something about There's something about your church and people from your church. And we were at a restaurant last Sunday, and they said, you're Pentecostal. Hey, here's what I know. When you have something that's on the inside of you, it radiates on the outside of you. I'm going to say that again. When you have something on the inside of you, it radiates to the outside of you. Thank God for the first church button. So many of you look so good in them. If you don't have one, let me know you need one. You need to be loud and proud about First Church. I'm a part of First Church. I'm glad. But here's what I want them to know. I want them to know you're from First Church before they ever see your button. I want them to know you're from First Church. It's because when you see them, you actually smile. Some of y'all have such a pretty smile. When I just look back there, Aaron, I looked at your wife. When, when I just said that, she smiled so good. That, that right there. I mean, that's why he's sitting there with that big old smile on his face. He ain't thinking about the Lord right now. There ain't nothing better than an apostolic that has a smile on their face with God in their heart and a testimony on their lips that says, I got to tell you, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see what I used to be. I ain't no more. And God can do for me and he can do for you whatever we need him to. Somebody ought to testify and somebody ought to say, if you'll try it, you'll buy it. with me I got about five more pages of imaginary notes but I'm going to stop preaching for a minute and I'm going to tell you right now I'm going to tell you right now that what we have what we have is better than described I read reviews sometimes and it says this the pictures don't pay it justice anybody know what I'm talking about How many of you have ever seen a McDonald's billboard? 
And on a, let me just tell you this right now. Man, I'm, ooh, I'm feeling something. They make a Big Mac. Hear what I'm saying? They make a Big Mac look good. And I know better. to McDonald's with visions of what I've seen on the billboard going in my mouth and oh the joy and satisfaction that I anticipate and expect from what I've seen and yet without fail I mean if the fries are really hot and have some salt on them they're, they're, they're pretty good that's about all I can say. That's all you get from me from McDonald's. <laughs> Maybe their sweet teas. But their Big Mac has never been what the sign said that it would be. And then, then I've heard some people say, I mean, I have a guy in this church that when he goes someplace good, Brother Casey, he takes pictures of his food and he sends it to pastor. Last time he did, he sent what used to be ribs. And all that was there was bones. You know what I figured out? Those must have been really good. Yesterday we went to a restaurant and this guy right here, I asked him if he was enjoying what he was eating and then I looked at his plate and he didn't have to say a word. I had to grab the plate out of his hand to keep him from licking it. You know what I'm saying? Because I had been telling him how good that it was and I had been showing him pictures of how good that it looked but when he got there he wasn't worried about my testimony anymore he said give me a fork and I might need a napkin and he got in and he got after it and said now that I tried it I'm gonna buy it I want this again he said I could have eaten another one of those and you know what I told him that's what I do I get too because I know how good that it is Pastor, you've been, you've been preaching here for a while and you act like this is something that we need to experience. You, you keep this picture and you keep telling us about it, but can it really be that good? I'm getting ready to preach right now. The text that I shared with you said, these Samaritans came and they said, they said to this woman, here's what I want you to, here's what I want you to say to Pastor today when we're done. I want you to, I want you to come up to me and say, you know, you preach good. That made me feel good if you said, you preach good and you, you preached good enough that I believe that I want to try what you're talking about. And now that I did, it, it's better than what you were saying. And I, I believed you when you said it was good, but now I know. Because the experience, hear what I'm telling you right now. The experience is greater than the testimony. Everything I could say about it doesn't even truly compare to how good that it is. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Is there anybody here today that you need to taste and see that the Lord is good? Is there anybody here today that you need a miracle? You need salvation? You need deliverance? You need help? You need hope? You need healing? 
Is there anybody here that you need something from God? I just want you to lift your hand right now. I want you to lift your hand in this house. God bless that hand and that. There are many hands, multiple hands that are going up. I want you, if you lifted your hand to do this right now, don't even think about it. Step out from where you are, walk to the front of this building. And I want you to lift both your hands and receive into your spirit the miracle that you need. The salvation that you desire. The deliverance that you're seeking after. Whatever it is, God's going to do for you what you need Him to. And when you leave, you're going to say it's better than advertised. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to try it. And then I'll buy it. I want to tell you today, the experience is greater than the testimony. You can have healing. You can have hope. You can have help. You can have deliverance from the hell that's happening in your home. You can be set free. You can be renewed, refreshed, strengthened, uplifted, encouraged. What do you need from God? This altar awaits. This altar awaits. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on. Come on. That's it. Give it to God right now. Let God do it as they sing. I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good.